Welcome to the Process Podcast. From new agent to broker owner. My name is Travis McClure. This is my co-host, Preston Guyton. Welcome to the Process Podcast. This is Travis McClure and my co-host, Preston Guyton. This is episode number two. We're going to jump right into it. Um, Preston if you listen to episode one, has a pretty uh, immersive background in real estate, gets a lot of questions from uh, agents, right? Both here at Palms and even from sometimes other companies. And just from the general public, what are some of the questions you're hearing right now, Preston? A lot of people asking about the market, asking about interest rates, things like that. What are the questions you're getting? Yeah, I mean, really, so with Easy Home Search, we have a super captive audience. We last month, I think we had close to 200,000 visitors, which you could imagine those are a lot of emails, a lot of text messages I receive. And, you know, with me, I just started doing prospecting again, because I wanted to knock off some rust and, and, you know, start prospecting and listening to what people are saying and the questions they're asking. And a lot of it's, you know, especially with buyers, they're like, when's the, when are the prices going to come down? You know, when are the prices going to come down? Uh, I'm priced out of the market. Um, so that's, that's a big question you're hearing and, uh, you know, everything on the news now you see, like I just, before this podcast, I was looking at my email and there was like three headlines, like, oh, the, the housing bubble, you know, what are you doing in the changing market? What are you doing in the shifting market? And, and we're seeing the shifts, um, you know, we're seeing a lot more price reductions. Um, not only here, we, luckily we, we coach with John Chaplack. And so we're in a elite group that, there. And last night we did, a, a with John, with the coaches, with the coaches, coaching the coaches with Bill Pipes. And there's a lot of that discussion as kind of what shifts they're seeing in the market and things that are going to change over the next two or three years. Um, so really it's a lot of, um, you know, what, what are the prices going to do? Are they going to go lower, higher interest rates? I mean, the, the same things you see in all the headlines. Basically object. I view those as objections, right? Like uh -huh. I'm, I'm waiting to take action. I'm not going to take action right now because X. Yes. Yeah, and a lot of it's, you know, overcoming those objections, but also um, answering those questions and, and, and letting them know with educated what's going on, right? Like a lot of people will answer those questions and not really have data. I mean, that's the big thing agents need to start doing and they need to start researching and having data that they can actually support what they're talking about. Like if they say something off the whim, how they feel, and then you're talking to somebody like me who's going to dig into the data and quickly figure out that what they're saying is, 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 un, you know, it's not true. What's an example of that? I know, I know there's, and I'm going to say one, I hear a lot, uh, from lenders and agents, well, interest rates have gone up. And a lot of times the rebuttal to that is, well, they're still historically low. So talk about that. Yeah. I mean, to me that historically low, oh, look at the seventies, eighties, nineties. That's a, I mean, that's a lazy way to describe it, to be honest with you. And I, and not saying anything bad about any of the agents that are using that. But from somebody like myself, I'm going to look at the numbers and say, okay, well, the seventies, the average income was 10,000. The average house was actually 17,000. So I could work a year and a half if I didn't pay taxes or anything, any other expense, I could pay that house off. Uh, the 1980s, I think the average house was about 45,000. The income was 22,000. So, you know, same thing, two X, you could buy a house. You fast forward to today, the average income last year was 80,000. And then the average house price last year was about 300. It's actually more now. And I would have to say the income's probably about the same or maybe a little bit lower. So to me, it, you know, 
yes, okay, it was 10% in the 70s, 8.5% in the 70s, I think 10 to 16% in the 80s, but you were buying substantially lower. The affordability was a lot different because the income was closer to what the actual cost of the house was. Yeah, you're obviously you're borrowing a lot less money. And uh, so if I'm an agent with that kind of information, I'm a buyer's agent, right? I have people reluctant to buy. What do I do with that that information as an agent? Why is that important? Well, I think it's just it's important to when you're talking to talking to the clients, you know, not just just studying the data more, going back and you know checking the weekly data of, of new homes on the market. You know, price reductions. We're starting to see a lot more price reductions. So a lot of sellers that were just throwing a number out there, thinking they were going to get that number, are now starting to reduce those prices. So when you, you know, like I had a conversation with a guy the other day. I called um, when I was prospecting. He was talking about, you know, I'm priced out, and I, I went on, and we had a good conversation about the amount of price reductions you're seeing. And overall, he he at the end of the conversation, he he was like, let's set up safe search and let's. Um, you know, let's have a talk in a couple of weeks. Um, so I actually have scheduled an appointment with them to to speak to them later this week. But I mean, just having more educated conversations, or or not necessarily trick them, but not give them accurate data that that they'll see see that through most of the time. People know when you're being salesy. Essentially, yes, is what you're saying. Sure. And and I think you know, I think about that in a couple of different ways. Preston, number one, I think right now it's almost more important than ever to really dig in with each buyer each client that you have and say, what is this family trying to achieve, right? What is this investor in our markets? A lot of investment buyers, a lot of second home buyers. What are they trying to achieve and what makes sense for them? Are they just maybe now shopping in a different price point, right? And we have to have that conversation with them and, and talk those types of expectations with them. Or maybe we do the work. And when you say do the work, I think it's, you know, it's not just, you know, if you went back five, six years ago, you'd go on the MLS, you'd find seven houses, take them out, show them seven houses. They picked one, you wrote an offer. Last couple of years got a little more tricky, right? You kind of, the house hit the market. You had to quickly get them to it, show it to them, do a video, write an offer that same day and hopefully got accepted, right? Now it's, you're kind of looking for the deals. And you said, as the market shifts a little bit, and I don't get scared when you hear that word, the market's always shifting. Doesn't It's not a bad thing. We were a very he heavy seller dominant market. Now we're just more of a balanced market and people are freaking out because we're not used to it, right? Yeah, and, and we're still even a seller's market, right? So things that are, are being priced competitively and, and where they need to be, you're getting multiple offers, you yes. know, depending on the type of property. So, you know, as far as, I mean, we're definitely still a seller's market, but we're, you know, people are becoming more educated and they are keep hearing. I mean, they're listening to the news. Most people listen to the news, whether it's through social media, wherever they get their news from, they're seeing it all over the place. You know, so when you continue to see it all over the place and you, you start to believe it, and a lot of times it might not be true. So, you know, being educated in the data, doing the work that you might have paid somebody else to do, you might have to dig in and start doing some of that prospecting work or that assistant work because it, it will slow down, but it slowing down is not a bad thing. Yeah. You know, it, it's, <clears throat> it's going to reduce the amount of agents. It'll reduce the amount of sales, but you know, you could counterbalance that by if, if reduce the amount of agents, reduce the amount of sales, if you're still putting in the work, you're going to get, you're going to, you know, stay busy even in a, in a declining market. And one of the things to think about too, like a lot of the companies, a lot of the agents, the last five years, their number one source, to 
to create leads or to create sales where now a lot of companies need to be more focused on prospecting or individuals and then marketing enhanced. To me, that's just being more proactive than reactive. We've come out of marketing. I'll even go back. I'll say the last 10 years, you could be reactive and be successful. Now you have to be very proactive. An example like that to me is you get a buyer who says, you know, like the one you're talking about and says, Hey, I feel like I've been priced out all the things I've wanted to buy for between the interest rates and the prices, like they're just out of my price range. But now you're seeing a lot of price reductions. And I know when I was very young in real estate, I was taught, always look at what's newly listed every single day, right? And then think about, hey, what's the buyer? Who's the buyer I talked to that that house might work for, right? But now I think you can look at those price reductions every day and who's that buyer that that might work for? Because that house that maybe was way up here in price, now if you gave that person a call back and show them that you're doing the work, hey, you told me last week, this is the type of house that you are looking for. This actually just got price reduced, Yeah, right? That's the type of work I think realtors got out of the practice of doing that now you have to go back and do what you're doing a little bit differently to be a value valuable buyer's agent to a client. Yeah. And I think, you know, and then on the listing side, I mean, it's, you know, th those are some things you got to think about too, different yes. ways to go out there and get listings. You know, obviously your past sales, your, your past buyers are, are the first place you need to hit. And a lot of people, I mean, the data shows is 85% of the people that, you know, bought with a realtor will not use them again. And of that 85%, probably 75% of that or 80% of that would have used the realtor if you asked them when they closed. It's just realtors in general or sales in general, they, you know, instead of taking care of the ones they've already, already sold, they jump to the next sale um, or the next, next possible sale. Right. So doing those things. And obviously, you know, one thing that I'm sure Travis did a little bit when he first got into real estate was door knocking. I yeah. mean, so door knocking and all those things you hear about and people are like, Oh, those, you don't have to do those anymore. Those are things you got to pick up the phone. You're going to have to door knock. You're going to have to send letters. You're going to have to do different things to potentially get listings. And, and that's, you know, you get listings right now. You're, you're, you're making good money and you're, you're, you know, selling a lot of homes as well. I think something we breezed by that you've said, even as you know, chief visionary officer of a couple companies, you're picking up the phone and making calls. I know this week you've challenged our leadership team, right? Once a week, we come in with agents and lead a group of agents making calls and we're making in the trenches, making calls with them as well. And uh, talk about that. Like, why did, why did you, and I think it's a great initiative. I love also getting back down and, and, you know, rehashing some of those old skills, but talk about that as to why that was important to you to do that. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, when you're leading, um, leading a company or leading a team or whatever you're leading or leading yourself, I mean, you, you got to practice what you preach as well. Um, you know, for me, I haven't done it in a long time and, and it's, it's a way for me to get better, you know, to go back and knock some rust off and talk to people and talk and, and hear the things that the agents are talking about, but then it's a way to get the agents in the door and them making the calls as well. So we're doing that Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday from 8.30 to 10. And the way we're setting it up is the leadership will be prospecting with the agents. If the leadership um, qualifies a lead, then it's going to one of the agents that are prospecting with us. And it's just getting them in the door and getting them with those habits, right? We talk about habits. We talk about commitments. You know, we talk about that morning schedule, uh, pipes, coaches on that. John coaches on that. We're lucky and fortunate to coach with those guys. And, uh, you know, just doing those things 
will help create habits and, and hopefully those habits. And then, you know, they see success with it. I think it's the initial people are initially scared by it, but once they start doing it and you start having these good conversations, it becomes fun. And then you, you know, obviously have good conversations and you start making money. You're going to continue to want to do more of it. Yeah. A couple of things I think about too, it's, you know, houses sell in every market, no matter what the market does. If you can go back to any year, there's always been houses that sold, right? However good or bad the market's been. And I think one of the, the things we're setting in place for the agents around us anyway, is there's the market and there's going to be our market, right? If we take no action, we're going to be victims of the market. If it does shift in a way that isn't great. But if we continue to take action, continue to prospect and build our daily schedule around prospecting and having conversations and seeing where we can help people buy or sell homes, then there's going to be our market, which is going to be different from the market. Would you agree? Yeah, I do for sure. And I think when people think of recession and a house decline, they go quickly back to 2006, seven and eight. Right. And that's unprecedented. There's never been a recession to, to where it had that extreme house, you know, the house reduction and everything else. So, you know, to, to hop back to that every single time, yes, it's going to, it's going to, there's going to be a downturn that already is, but it's not going to be, it's not going to be like that one. You know, that at, you go back and there's so many different things in the mortgage industry appraisals. I mean, the ninja loans, you hear me joke about that often, you know, where what's a, what's a ninja loan for some of our younger audience, what's a ninja loan. So no income, no job, no assets. You have a 700 plus credit score. You could borrow a million dollars on stated income. Yeah. It's just, just thinking about those things that existed back then. And, you know, you go in and get a loan with three page signature. It's just, we're nowhere near what that, you know, what transpired during that time. Well, I mean, the, the news is doing what they do, right? right. They, they're going to continue to share what's going to make people afraid. And, uh, you know, it's unfortunately people a lot of times believe too much of what they see in the news. What do you think a reason is that we're not, and you obviously lived and worked and, and were in real estate at that time. What do you think the, what's the difference between the two, that recession and, and where we're seeing the market change now. And some people are freaking out. Some people don't even know what's happening. Some people yeah. are just completely freaking out. And then there's people kind of right in the middle, just doing what they do. But why do you, why do you think this is different this time? What's your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, it, during that time, there was, everybody was an investor. Everybody was an investor. Like everybody was buying. Without money. Yeah, without money, <laughs> with no job. They were, yeah. they were big time investors. You know, th there was that. I mean, the, everybody was buying property. And, and then, you know, a lot of people were buying property that had didn't have jobs and didn't have the ability to pay for it. So they just buy it and flip it a lot. I mean, a lot of times back then you had, you know, contracts that were signed to other buyers where, you know, I put something on the contract and I signed it to somebody for 100000 more than what I have the contract for. You know, so th there was a lot of things like that going on, which contract assignments is, is legal. Um, and, and, you know, a lot of that was going on. So it, it's just different. Like right now it's not investors driving the markets. Actually people want to buy houses to live in. Right. Um, you know, the, 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 with the mortgage industry too, it's a lot more heavily, you know, that they underwriting and everything else is a lot different today than it was back then. The other thing I've seen out there, Preston is people have more equity in their homes than ever before. Yes. Yeah. So, there's, there's more cash. There's more equity. You know, you see a lot more millennials are buying homes now where for a long time they didn't buy homes a lot. You know, this mass exodus of all of this big cities throughout the country, 
you know, you have people, these smaller markets like Myrtle Beach, which is getting to be, you know, larger and larger, but people still, they want to, they, they're living where they've always wanted to live. Yeah. You know, because they have jobs that allow them to live where they always want to live. Um, so that's, that's why, you know, I think our coastal market is a little bit unique. You know, we, we typically would be the last ones to feel the, the big, you know, the bigger shifts. Um, but I, it's, it's not, you know, to say it's like 2007 and, and I can't predict the future. Maybe I'm totally wrong, but all the evidence backed on historical data is showing us that it's not going to be like, you know, 2006, seven and eight. Um, you know, and now they're already talking about the, 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 the Fed is more dovish on what they're going to do with rates and everything else and inflation that there's been, you know, better reports on inflation than there has been. So, um, you know, I don't, I don't think it's just, it's going to be, it's not going to be anything like my personal opinion. Um, it's not going to be anything like what we saw in 2006, seven and eight. We touched, we talked a lot about a buyer's agent perspective. You touched a little bit on if you're a listing agent, I've heard realtors say, you know, just look what the last house sold for and you bump the price up 10% and that's what you list this house for. That's not the case anymore. I think as a listing agent, it's very important. We're in more of a balanced market. And I think, you know, I was, I was talking to an agent last week about this. You have to control expectations more than you did. And I think the, we have to go back to questions like, okay, if we price it here, how does this affect you and your family if it doesn't sell in 90 days? Because if that's the case, maybe we need to listen to the market a little bit more. Talk about that a little bit. I think I think this really just becomes a market. You always have to manage expectations, but I think you just have to be very careful about people trying to do something that's not, you know, it's basically just ignoring data or ignoring what's happening in the market. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, it's going back to educating and you just got to make sure you're educating because I think you're right. What was happening, it wasn't only the realtors. A lot of the pricing for listings were they, the agents, realtors were just listening to what the seller said. Hey, let's list it here. And a majority of agents, I don't want to say majority of them, but a lot of them were saying, okay, we'll list it there. And, you know, six months ago, eight months ago, they were getting offers. Yeah. But that's not happening. Like you see it now with price reductions. You're seeing so many more price reductions than we saw six months ago, um, you know, all across the country. Like if you look at data across the country, there's a lot more price reduction. There's a lot more listings um, coming on the market. And uh, those are the things you got to pay attention to. And those are the things that you got to go anytime somebody has a, you know, uh, a rebuttal to, to something you're saying, you have to use data to, to, to prove what you're trying to educate them on. You have to be able to justify. Yeah. You have to justify. Yeah. For sure. And I think the data, what it does is kind of, especially when you're listing a home and you're pricing a home, I was, I was always a belief. I never wanted the price to be my opinion. Yes. I always wanted to show the seller Hey, this is what's sold in your neighborhood. This think of your neighborhood as its, as its own real estate market. Based on this data, where do you think we should price your home? I think we got away from that. If that's your method, if that's your method in pricing homes, then you're going to struggle with your client's expectations because you got to think once that home hits the market, a lot of times sellers they already have that money kind of spent or think where it's going already, right? They think it's going to sell for that. And if you haven't had that conversation up front, you're going to have a very unsatisfied client when it doesn't happen, right? Yeah. And you think about it too, like CMAs. I mean, how many how many real CMAs do you think were done over the last 24 months? Not a lot. No. Right. No. So those are things, I mean, that agents need to go back and, and train themselves or, or talk to the broker or, or 
you know, the easy CMA that Bill Pipes did on one of the calls here recently with sales velocity, you know, doing those things to encourage people to, because what happens a lot of times, a lot of people don't realize how much equity they have. Right. I think they probably more so do now. Um, but six months ago, they didn't realize it. So if you, a lot of times you would educate your past clients that bought from you three years ago, they're like, wow, it's worth that much. You know, I don't necessarily have to have that second home right now. Yeah. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, hundred percent. I think you're going to see buyers doing more research as well, whether it's through social media or mm -hmm. wherever they're looking, you know, as a buyer's agent, as a realtor, you know, you need to keep those things in mind as far as like what you're sharing and the things you're putting out there. Um, you know, I think you're going to have more and more people doing a lot more research and, you know, going with a lot, you just need to, for newer realtors, you're going to have to overcome that whole experience as well. So I think it's something to you know, continue to educate yourself, continue to get better, continue to put yourselves in, in rooms, whether training and you know, training agents and, and doing the things to learn, whether it's, you know, in this market or other markets throughout the country, just continue to do those things that a lot of people weren't doing over the last three to four years. Also lean on your agent community, things like accountability groups. You know, that's what we have here. We have agents to come in and meet every single week. We have a weekly sales meeting as a company, you know, where you're hearing things of like what's working for other agents, what challenges are other agents having? Um, what successes are other agents having? If you're just kind of solo out there on an island experiencing what's happening, you're not hearing other agents' perspectives, it's going to feel a little bit doom and gloom, right? If that's all, the only thing you're hearing and seeing, I think it's important to be in that agent community, you know, get it. I, I think, I feel like agents have gotten away from being in the office post COVID, right? Mm -hmm. And as busy as it was now, I think it's important to get back in the office for that reason. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think it's good to be around people that are in places that you want to be, you know, so that are having success that you want to see. And it's it's all of us when we're by ourselves, I feel like we, you know, when we're around a group doing good things, great things, you know, that are, that are doing things we want to be able to do. I think it's more important than ever to be in the office, to be around those people. Yeah, And, and things like coaching, I mean, coaching is is made a massive impact in my life over the last five years. You know, even in a declining market, it's going to be something that's going to be super important to me to continue doing. And not only for myself, but leadership team that's around me, because I want them to be in the same mindset that I'm in, hearing the same things. Because if I'm getting all the coaching that I come back and communicate it to them, I can't deliver it like John can. You know, I can't deliver it like Bill Pipes can. So we're going to continue doing those things and continue traveling and going to events and, and seeing what and, and what that not only the coaching side of it, but it puts you around other people in other markets. And we've been able to pick up some great things the last couple of months we've done that we picked up in that they're doing other markets, having a lot of success. And we did the same thing in our market and we had a lot of its success. So, you know, continuing to do those things is, is super important you know, in the, in the changing market for sure. The one thing I, I think has been pretty important for us as a, as a leadership team going, you know, our weekly coaching calls together. Obviously we meet every week as a leadership team together. We go to events together. I noticed that today in our sales meeting, you know, uh, Josh started talking about something that trip does, but he was talking about it in the same way trip would almost like we're talking the same. I'm going to use the word language about what we do and and how we uh add value to agents businesses we're we're talking about this because we do the same thing we hear the same message and we talk we meet every week and talk about it 
I could easily talk about what Josh Tripp or Nick or Preston does because of that. And I think you almost, that's the value in doing those trainings together. You can't go as a solo leader and bring that, what are you, it's hard for you to duplicate what you heard. Right. Yeah. And I think that's a lot of people overlook that. Yeah. And you know, the coaching too, a lot of times you hear about the expense, but one of the things that, uh, so we have, we all coach with John Sheplack and, uh, Josh and Nick coach with Bill Pipes, but, and we share everything we learn in, in those calls. And, uh, you know, so that we're able to sit into a Sunday call with all the other brokers in the country, not all of them are on, but there's, you know, some of them join, there's a good, probably 40 or 50 people in there roughly. So one of the things that was shared in that group, we implemented at Palms and from February until now, I think just from that one thing we learned in the group, we've closed about five or 6 million from that one thing we learned. So when you hear the expense of coaching and everything else, just that one. So you're not, you're not going to, you don't want to share that, that, that one thing, that, that piece of information. No. I mean, if you're, if you're an agent with Palms Realty or if you coach with John Cheplak or agent Academy coaches. I want to appreciate you guys listening to the process. If you liked what you heard, click like and subscribe wherever you listen to this podcast. We appreciate you being our audience. Have a great rest of your day. Have a great week and we'll talk to you soon. See ya.